Hi, I'm Amy Tianyi Zhao, a Chinese living in America, and I'm Meg, an American who married into a Chinese family. We're the host of the Spark, a podcast that explores what it means to traverse between cultures, interrupt barriers, and create connections. 大家好，我们是火花电台，一档致力于打破文化边界，偶尔以中英双语录制的播客节目。欢迎你和我们一起用对话启迪思想。It is my pleasure to finally invite one of my favorite people,、um, Zuliao Li. He's actually a、um, alumni of NYU Shanghai as well. Tell us your story, Zuliao. Thank you so much for coming on. You are working in the city. What do you do? What is your story? Hi, hi, Amy.、Uh, thank you for having me here.、Uh, my pleasure to be on this podcast. I'm Zayao. I am 24, originally from Beijing, but now I'm living in New York City.、Uh, I'm a web engineer working at a digital agency called Pint, and but also I am a adjunct professor、uh, teaching at Hunter College under CUNY in New York City.、Uh, so my teaching focus is mainly just like web production, teaching what I practice in my. Mm-hmm. That is actually what intrigued me so much, and the reason why I wanted to invite you here today. Because、um, we all went to NYU Shanghai, and now, as you are doing full time job, you are also stepping to the other side of the table. You are an instructor. You are a adjunct professor, and I just found that story really interesting. As a Chinese who is teaching. In a public American university, and、um, growing up, though, because I vaguely remember when you asked me about details in、uh, in relation to getting into NYU Shanghai, and I'm just wondering,、right. like, what is the turning point、um, that made you realize you wanted something else, you wanted something different, you wanted something more? Uh, I would say, like, I don't know, like, I always feel like I feel like growing up, I always feel like being an outsider of my school. And I feel like NYU Shanghai provides kind of like a bridge of like connecting myself to like the rest of the world,、uh, and kind of step out of the、uh, the Chinese education system, but also still like you know being able to live in Shanghai and like slowly transition to a more international、uh, education. I feel like that's what I want.、Uh, but also, I feel like when I was in, when I was sixteen,、uh, I went to. Seattle for like an exchange program、uh, that was hosted by like the P- Department of State. That was like an eye-opening moment. I wanted to have another education than my previous one, so I feel like there's so much opportunities I can take potentially、uh, for to to use it to have another education. And then I saw this like a Washington High Bay, and I was like, oh, I want really want to try it. So I think that was、mm-hmm. like the moment. Did you think you get what you wanted? I think so, but I, I so it will, probably the audience will know that NYU has like two kind of admissions. One is like the A, what do you call that? Like the A level, A level admission, B level admissions, right? Like for the candidates.、Mm-hmm. And then I didn't get the A level admissions. I didn't. I got the B one. So that means like I still need to do really well in Gaoka and the Gaudis. So I was like under super huge amount of stress. Stress.、Uh, In the last year of my high school,、uh, especially after like this candidate weekend, I was just like, "Well, I did have potentially can go into my Shanghai, but like it was not like certain that I could go. So I have to work harder and study hard."、Uh, 
And that was really hard for me. I think that was just like kind of my motivation of trying my best and got out and got in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's so interesting how our paths just cross. And I I'm just wondering, you know, looking back um, at our four year NYU Shanghai right. experience, do you, how how did you think that the school helped you decide your career path and you know? Helping you to figure out that you want to teach、um, during your free time. Do you think that your "quote unquote" international education that is so different from the one that you、uh, did the traditional type of conventional Chinese、um, education? Do you think that NYU has offered or inspired you in any way to pursue your current career path? Yeah, I feel like there are a few ways that NYU has really helped me do what I want right now. Uh, the first thing is NYU Shanghai. The re- main reason I chose NYU Shanghai was like I don't have to decide my major right to after two before in the first two years I could just potentially explore what I want. I thought like okay, I went into school knowing that I thought that I would go for like finance, every like everyone else. Like I feel like most of Chinese students are like, oh, we're going to do finance and business, and then because NYU has like one of the best and. Turned out, like after calculus, I was just like, I don't, I simply just don't care. Like, I don't like calculus, and I, I mean, I'm okay with it. I'm pretty good at it, but like, I just don't. I'm not a huge fan of it. I can do well, but then like, is there any other option I can explore? And then I found out that interactive media arts was like the closest major to like art major, and like helped me was like my exploring my creativity. It helped me was like just focusing like kind of like. I learned by playing around and practicing, and then like somehow I got into coding. Like that was a later on story, but then like at the beginning it was oh I could do like fun art artsy project and by like using some technology, and then that was like something I always liked, and I didn't realize that was an option that for me that I could actually explore as my career path. Uh, until like I you know I went to like Shanghai and then like I started this major. Uh, so I think I decided the major pretty fast after that. But another thing that helped me was teaching. Was like, I think that that I so I did a reality show, which is like a musical, uh, for this I guess the first year students uh, during the orientation week, uh, performed on stage, and then I realized like, oh, I'm pretty good at talking and performing for other people, and uh, then I did my orientation and uh, my orientation week as an orientation ambassador, and then just. Let the students、um, and help them like during the orientation.、Uh, so these two things kind of helped me with like, and I did I did student government. So like all this like extracurriculars kind of helped me was understand that I could be a good presenter. Talk like I'm not afraid of talking in front of people.、Uh, and that helped one of the professor Clay Sharkey in the summer of sophomore year that we flew to Changchun for like a game conference, and I was his translator. And yeah, it would just somehow click that I was like, yeah, I can talk on stage and I can hold a mic and not being afraid of like talking in front of other people.、Um, well, maybe that teaching was like a good way for me to like explore. Teaching was like a way for me to to express myself and like to help me. Learn more, learn better, and also like present the knowledge to other people make me really happy.、Um, mm-hmm. So, I think the first teaching experience I had was like senior year, 
uh, in the program, in the interactive media program, uh, we had this thing called popcorn session, which is like a one student will lead a workshop about thing that you know uh, every week, and I signed up for it, and I taught them about something about what VR and how to like prototype something in the web VR stuff. And I think I received a pretty good feedback. Um, and I was like, you know, that's a good start for me to teach. And I start teaching more workshops. Uh, and I, yeah, I just taught more workshops and then like hosting more sessions in anywhere that I can. So for example, like IGB camp um, and also like the NYU Makerspace and then uh, eventually, you know, with all the experience, I decided to just have an interview with this current job that I had and then I got in and started teaching from like teaching workshops to teaching full time or like teaching a full credit four credit course uh, over a semester yeah do you think that um you do you think that you have endowed a lot of your personality while you are teaching and um what kind of message do you want to send to your students as someone who is as a as a professor who's coming from a different culture I would I always tell my students because I mean this is a web development class and a lot of students came in and try to just like learn what I taught them instead of exploring things and I feel like I always tell them that you should go play around and you should go learn by just doing going on the internet and like I this is an introduction class I would not teach everything that you know in this web development world because it takes people like 10 years 20 years to know this and they still feel like oh i don't know things and it's okay to just go explore your idea go have an idea and then start working towards it i feel like similar things apply to like being a multicultural like having a multicultural background uh, or education it's like you have to just go explore your like in this like navigate yourself because like no one is really there that I can look up to to be like oh this is how the way that I want it to be but like you just have to go explore and try different things together uh, so yeah. same thing I feel like apply to learning web development is like you just have to go explore like go online go find the tutorials that like kind of face you and then find a way that you want to learn like how to learn better like i learned the most when i watch youtube videos mm -hmm. so everyone has different ways and there's no singular way to achieve mm. something and same was yeah as i said like similar was like this what we had with NY shanghai there's no singular way to go for like the four years career like college uh education educational path like everyone mm -hmm. is different so I think that's a message I would try to like push to the students. Just yeah. go, go have fun. Go like the four years of college is like you can enjoy. You can try different like tons of things yourself. Mm -hmm. Like some like most of the things are like free on the internet, and then just go explore it. Yeah, I I realize there's a pattern between your personality and your your way of teaching, which is you know you're very out, outgoing and super bubbly. The first time we met, we talked for hours, right. and it was great. Um, and that has a lot to do with your passion to to find things to to explore to discover. And I mean, but 
from my point of view, I see that as a lot of it is actually from that is just who you are. That is your personality. Was there any moment that you were intimidated um, by anything? Oh my god! Like so many times, I feel like I am that kind of person that like if I stop talking, I will be awkward. That's why that I keep talking and be more bubbly. And because like if I just sit there and be quiet. Uh, especially like one on one situation, I will feel uncomfortable just sitting there. Mm, and that, I mean, that made me feel intimidating. It just like by being quiet and just looking at each other. So that's why I feel like I wanted to initiate topics and just going that, just like getting to know people. I feel like that's fun. Like, why not? You know, like hearing yeah. other people's story that inspires me. Um, and even in class, there are times that like, I mean, first thing is like, I don't look like a teacher. I don't look like yeah. Uh, and the first class, people were like kind of shocked that like, oh, someone who looks like their age. I mean, I am kind of at their age, um, the teaching, yeah. and I feel like that's a fear. Like I have to kind of conquer myself too. Just like the first class is always like I was so nervous going step into a classroom and just. Be like, hey, uh, I'm the one who's teaching this class, and I feel like I want to create this environment that like everyone is like in an equal position, and this is something I'm constantly working on. And but then I still feel like I need to like how to make it equal, but still let them like to feel like I'm assigning their homework and you have to do it. You know, like being like have authority, being 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 responsible as like a teacher. Um, yeah, I think like because I wanted to make sure that they are learning things like that's why they're signing up for and so I have quizzes which is kind of like rare in like computer science or like web development class but this is a way that I learned from my fellow professors and they told me that it's really effective way for them to actually actively remember things and then learn it and use mm-hmm. it in the future that I have to quiz them so I although I feel very bad because it kind of reminds me of a few the stress I, I took, yeah like the teach I took to computer science classes at ORU when I studied in New York and in the undergrad and then I had quiz in that class and I feel this I'm all stressed and then like looking <laughs> at them I feel it's like I just it kind of reminds me of that and I feel like Ugh, like I didn't want to do this but like it's actually that's I the only like way is the only way for them to learn except or like they would just not take a look at it mm-hmm. so so yeah that kind of that, that that really I feel was something that I need to improve I just feel like I need to put myself out there and just be like this is a quiz <laughs> you have to do it and there are also students who kind of just like no I don't know how to describe this but like there's students who who um who are frustrated with their learning uh, because either I talk a little bit too fast and not everyone has similar like learning pa- like pace. Uh, in class, some students learn things a little bit slower, some students learn things faster, like can digest the, what they learn, like the new knowledge easier um, than other people. And people who are like a slow learner, they sometimes express their frustration in class. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of like, scared to handle sometimes especially at the beginning like I was like are you yelling at me are you like fr- frustrated with me like did I teach like badly you know like 
the, all the things together happen. Like being the person who's on the other side, you have still to be like, okay, it's okay. Like I always told them like to be patient with themselves. Kind of like a mom, be patient. And I struggle so much when I started learning web development. Like I totally understand. I don't want them to be like, you have to put out your best work right now. Right? Like mm -hmm. it's okay to do like baby steps. Like that's how everyone starts learning things. Like do the baby steps uh learn one do one thing a day um mm -hmm. you know get get to know one thing uh for one like, i don't know like for a week like that's what i'm happy that get what i see like how i grade them how i look at their like their like you know performance in class was like their progress like their students were like from computer science class and it's so easy to just get into uh, switch from one language to another language and knowing the logical behind it like logic behind it but of course a lot of students they're coming from like media major like they never took one coding class and of course they're going to be different like you know kind of pace in class and all, all i want to see is how much progress they made in this class instead of like how how good the work yeah. is yeah yeah absolutely absolutely there must be you must have seen a lot of emotions and you have experienced a lot of emotions since you are now on the other side of the table. Um, I'm wondering, do you think that the teaching environment that you are in at the moment was similar or different from the one that you received while you were in NYU? For those who don't know, um, Zoyao pursued a further degree at NYU Tisch after graduating from NYU to further his skills and now eventually becoming a, a full-time web developer. And I'm just wondering, you know, did you think it's a very similar environment or is it a very, very drastically different environment? It's different. I would say it's not drastically different, but it's different when you, first, like, I think it's always different when you're like on the other side, as a, like, as, as a teacher, as a student, uh, because being a teacher, being a professor means you need to have more responsibilities to the students and you like you have to do, go to like roll up the bed and be like I have to go to class this is like my responsibility is people are paying for it and I, I got paid for it too so like it's not just like oh like I'm a student if I feel sick and then if I feel like not feeling like going to class then like I just don't go and just write an email to a professor I can't just write an email to students and be like I'm not going to class um so that was one thing that I feel like, I mean, no matter where I teach, that will be the, uh, the transition from being a student to being a teacher. And and I feel like people at NYU, especially when we were in NYU Shanghai, at the very beginning of how the foundation of it, we enjoy so much privilege that school provided that I think a lot of people don't understand the word. We actually received a lot. Um, it was kind of like, I don't know, like it was, I didn't realize it until, you know, being out there in the world, outside of NYU Shanghai bubble, outside of NYU bubble, knowing that, oh, like, we had so much privilege by going to this private school and having this private school education. Uh, of course, there are teachers who are like, we all think that it's not the best teacher in the world uh, but that's everywhere like every school but like just outside of teachers classes the facilities that we had the organization like yeah. how structure structural it is that was all like privilege this i think privilege that we had uh 
they and also uh, the classmates that we had, like because everyone, especially for NYU Shanghai, uh, speaking from like my experience and also probably your experience, because everyone was like the first one who tried out the thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like you had you share a lot of like all your classmates are like people who are like willing to take risks and being adventurous and. I would say, like, at least having, like, a similar, one similar mindset, like, being adventurous and, like, being curious yeah. about things. And, like, to be, you know, in this, like, Sino-U.S. Um, college in the first few years, that was a very brave decision. And that was very different when I started teaching out anywhere else. Even, like, at NYU Tish, it was very different from NYU Shanghai that, like, oh, like, I don't see that many people around me that are like sharing a similar mindset of things and be eager to explore different possibilities. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, I really appreciate like what I had, like uh, with a bunch of people, even though like, you know, a lot, like everyone is working in different places now. I just like, if I remember it, when I, every time I remember it, I was just like, wow, it's a great memory that like everyone's trying to work towards a similar everyone trying to make the school feel better like like trying to make their learning environments trying to make their living conditions better like yeah. trying to be in a school together so that was something that yeah like I I feel like it was a change when I started teaching uh in a public school that's very I mean I mean it's very well established but um people this classmate like my my, my students there you know a lot of them are using like that was something like my professor told like or like my coworker, like colleagues uh professor told me that like you have to expect that like you know they're students from the first gen immigrants family and they're students who are you know from a working class and it's just very very different from like NYU and yeah so how to be more inclusive was like class material was the setup especially like learning web development the setup oh can I be inclusive to like people who have a Chromebook people who have like a very uh low stack PC uh how to be like not everyone has a Mac like not everyone can afford a MacBook yeah so but then that's like something I do understand when you like people don't understand when you're like in an environment where everyone has a MacBook Absolutely. And the school, Absolutely. And the can just send out MacBook if you don't have one. And then like, or like have like a Mac Lab that's like, you can use whenever you want. There's no lock to a Mac Lab. Mm-hmm. That was NY, I think that was NY Shanghai. That like, you know, we have like two Mac Labs. So like, people just go in and like, even you, if you don't want to carry a computer or carry a laptop to school, you can yeah. just go use it. And everyone somehow just figure out how to use a MacBook. But you know, teaching undergrad here. Like that's something because I'm teaching next semester too. So something that at the beginning I wanted to be more inclusive. I wanted to since now I understand um, the class diversity and I wanted to be more inclusive to like for content for like to, to set up like write more tutorials on different kind of computers uh, on how to help them set up like their working environment. Absolutely. And it's so interesting because when you said the adventurous, I think we definitely were taking a huge risk going to a new school. But there's always a part of at least me, I don't know if if it applies to anyone else, but it's a risk. But if it goes wrong, we can we are pretty confident that we can figure something else out. 
and the and the price of taking a risk in comparison to students coming from a different background is significantly lower, because it's not a one-off thing. And we have each other, and it's a very nice environment. But that's all built upon the fact that we all coming from not similar background, but um, much much more privileged in comparison to to other people who only have one or few chances, um, or they when they bet in their entire life of saving. That's definitely a huge huge thing that I realized afterwards. And you mentioned that. You know, you know, you saw the environment was very different when after you went to NYU New York, and I'm wondering because when we were in Shanghai, we were considered, uh, both of us are, are are from Beijing, China, and we were considered as quote unquote local students. So we basically can take the lead when we are outside of NYU Shanghai the building, and. Once you were in New York as a, as a quote unquote foreign student, how was that transition? I know that you're very outgoing, you're very bubbly, so it's probably not that much to you. But I'm just wondering how the mentality has changed from a domestic student to being a foreign student. I mean, there are a lot of times I bet like you had a similar feeling that worry about visa, worry about like not being able to stay here and work after you graduated. I think that's something the American local students. Colonial local students,、uh, they sometimes just don't understand. As like, I feel like vice versa. When we we're in the one Shanghai, there are a lot of international students from the U.S. from Europe. Yeah, like, they want to stay in China after、mm-hmm. graduation and find a job, and then, like that struggle, like we didn't understand quietly until like you know we decide to be like international student to you in the U.S. and then like. Try to figure out like how to like figure out just like how being like being a global citizen or like quote unquote global global citizen and、mm-hmm. it was not an easy thing at this like moment and then especially with COVID was you know not being able to go home often and not being able to like travel easily and you know、mm-hmm. being a global citizen means like oh you're kind of just like kind of floating around right now、yeah. and then I feel like that's that's like how I feel of being like a foreign student. Like you know, NYU Tisch was like, where um where do I belong? It was it was sometimes I would question myself like, oh the American students they would go home um once in a while and you were kind of just here like chilling. Yeah.、Uh, right. So yeah, it was it was that was definitely a feeling that I had uh in the past two years of like the last like when I was in、uh, grad school and. Feeling like also like not financially stable in a foreign country、mm-hmm. and trying to achieve something, trying to figure out what I'm going to do,、um, not being able to just be like, oh, I'm gonna. Because I feel like the huge thing about ITP is people still like as I said, go explore themselves, go explore their career path, and and for me, something I always know like when I went to ITP, like at the beginning, it was like sorry, what ITP, is ITP? Like, ITB is an interactive telecommunications program,、uh, oh, okay. which is the grad school program that I went to、uh, under NYU Tisch, and that was similar to the the interactive media arts major that I had in NYU Shanghai. So since the beginning of I, the, my grad school experience, I knew that I need to be more a little bit more practical with like my study, with like the classes I chose. I didn't I didn't think like I have like a lot of freedoms compared to like the U.S. students because. 
they didn't have to worry about, oh, finding a job immediately after graduating from school. And that really, I feel like when I chose classes, if I go back, you have, if I have a proper identity of working, like not to worry, if I didn't have to worry about finding a job, I would choose more like classes that are just for fun and for like building projects that are like, like, as you said, like, you know, taking a risk and like you, I feel like being a foreign student means like you take the risk and then like the consequences much, much more. bigger. Yeah. Much more, exactly. That, you know, you take the risk and then being a local student and just, you know, what's, what if I failed and like, you know, I would just go do something else and I, could, I don't have to worry about like being kicked out of it, you know. So yeah, definitely when I chose my class, registered my class, uh, I have to be more considerable, uh, considerate when I just like to try to figure out what I wanted to do uh, to make sure that I can work yeah. after. Yeah. I completely understand because that feeling of, I, you, I know that a lot of quote, American ones to graduate were financially independent and all that kind of stuff but then that level of stress is different in comparison to someone from elsewhere um we were i now can understand a lot of how when we were in china the international students concerned stress because it was quite you feel like you're an island floating in the ocean definitely you have that moment right. Um, especially during um, holiday season. That's why, that's why we brought you on. A part of the reason why is um, I found it really interesting that now you're a professor, adjunct mm-hmm. professor, you uh, must write syllabus. And when you are planning the days around a country that is that's its holidays different from from the old the ones that we have experienced when we were younger, um, have you ever felt like, I mean, I know that we, when we mentioned previously that we do feel lonely during the holidays, especially right. when, when American students went home, while you were planning on your syllabus, like, did that hit you differently at this moment in time? I, I feel like, yeah, I feel like it, my responsibility of accommodating a student is larger mm-hmm. than my own feelings. Uh, I think as like, I think my syllabus, like when I plan it, like it is changed, it's being able like I plan it ahead and know that like I might change it later uh, mm-hmm. for example this week is the Thanksgiving like as we were recording this podcast uh the Thanksgiving break and my class is on Wednesday and Thanksgiving on Thursday and we don't have a, we didn't have like a week off for this week because you know we only have break mm-hmm. for Thursday and Friday so I still had to plan the class this week and a lot of students email me that say that like they're going to travel around, they're going to go home or whatever, which I totally understand. Like everyone, that's just you know, something like, oh, like relatable when I was in college, so, like, you know, spring break and like people are trying to take as many days as they can to like go travel or like go home or whatever, whatever. So, so a lot of students email me that like they cannot come to the person, uh, come to a class in person. And I decided to switch my content from last week to this week, uh, just kind of like, change it up a little bit so like this week I decided to just host my class online and mm. and so make sure that students who are not being able to come to the class in person they can still come to the class and talk about the yeah. final project so I was supposed to have like a little bit new content this week to talk about like we're approaching the final so there's not much left but um 
I switched it up to be like, let's talk about our final project and I'm going to help you guys individually uh, with your final project. And if you have questions and just have like round table discussion about what you wanted to do. Uh, so it didn't take that long. And then next week when we come back and they're like, you know, we're going to have a little one last like new, one more new content that like we're going to wrap around, um, mm-hmm. wrap it up and then like have our final but that's something like you know i always like accommodate like as the class goes along like you know i do you feel like holiday is important for people like even like everyone's like just in their holiday mindset now right like it's a mm-hmm. holiday week and then like it's a Thanksgiving mm-hmm. week and then i just feel like as a teacher i want to do the best for like whatever like the best for students and then feel like if i give them new, new content this week i don't think it's the best idea for both of like side like i feel like oh they're not taking too much of it because they're like either traveling or they're just not you know mentally there and then for me if i taught something that like didn't get received well i would have to probably potentially like repeat it next week and all that so i feel like with holidays that the class content is always like you know it's it's changeable like I don't want to be stuck with like a syllabus I created at the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you have to be flexible. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, and good thing is like we only have one holiday this time, uh, mm. and then like Christmas is coming, but like that's already when the school ended. Uh, but next semester, I'm not sure like how many holidays we had, but uh we like this class the school itself also make accommodations so like make sure that every class has like 14 weeks or 15 weeks around that Mm -hmm. uh so even like so for example Wednesday because we didn't have any weeks off for example Thursday Friday they have you know weeks off for Thanksgiving so like we the school kind of is weird the school just takes two weeks off in September for the Wednesday class so I started hmm. teaching for two weeks and then we have two weeks off and then people kind of just like, oh, like it's kind of a restart. But that's really yeah. weird. I don't think that will happen next year. But yeah. yeah. So that's yeah, like the accommodation from school. Well, now you have to think about, I think about these things as a teacher, as an instructor. Right. Now, just always remembering the time when you're a student and that's just, yeah, that's so, that's definitely a think in other people's shoes situation um one of the last questions that I have though was you mentioned that sometimes you do you feel like an island you know you feel kind of just floating around which I can totally relate do you think you are more um do you feel more like a sense of belonging now that you are teaching now you have a job you have a full-time job and you're teaching you have your timetable completely filled um do you think now you're more at ease and at home yeah i guess i think i mean i really enjoy being financially independent uh after yeah you know start working everyone feel probably feel the same like i also feel like as you said, like the time people have been filled with jobs, sometimes you feel like I'm going to like a routine, which kind of helps you feel grounded. Like you have, but also I do feel like it kind of made me feel isolated a little bit more than just being at school, just because you're not seeing your classmates anymore. Like, or like it just like has less time to hang out. 
And I feel it's kind of like this connection with my uh, grad school friends because everyone working in a different field and everyone's, and I personally, my full-time job, I work remotely. So uh, I don't got to see, get, get to see my colleagues anyways. Uh, so I've been kind of just working from home the whole time. Mm-hmm. And that kind of helped made me feel like, yeah, like I feel like a little bit isolated from the rest of the world sometimes but uh in the meanwhile I do feel like I really appreciate that I have a support system like a support group from I have like a really big support group from my college like everyone somehow just ended up being New York and then we had our Friendsgiving uh two days ago and and then still like being able to see my some of my grad school friends uh was really nice uh that like you know people are supporting each other and Got to like not every single like I would say like definitely we may meet each other less frequent than like going to the being in the grad school because everyone has to see each other. But it's still really nice to see them once in a while and just kind of just talk about life, talk about work, talk about like how they're doing. Like I like to mm-hmm. ask people like how are you guys how are you doing like recently, like having talked to them. Like, you know, I like to just catch up with them. Uh, mm-hmm. and then I feel like working like being a like a working professional you just got to meet people outside of like my my job outside the of the working my, circle the working your circle. industry I don't know, just like the, yeah like i don't know just i i guess meet people from other industries that are interesting that i hang out with and you know so i think it's my, my it's pretty occupied i still have like different it's just i never feel like i belong to one social mm-hmm. group like growing up um so it's always me hanging out with people like individually yeah same with, like one like one like it's just like with another person or two people like it's like very small group like never feel like um like hanging out with like six people at the same time and like I feel like that kind of goes back to your question was like you know what intimidates me like I feel weird a medium-sized group that like five, six people Clicks. and I just right and I feel like I'm gonna just sit back and listen like I don't know like I talk Mm -hmm. a lot like with the one or two people but with like five people I'm the one who usually listen uh and didn't know like when should I share and so I always like now I would try to avoid that kind of situation so maybe like maybe feel like I'll be like FOMO when I see groups they're like hanging hey, out so well, like, you know, five, six people, you know, posting things on the internet. And I feel, oh, I missed out. But then the mean, in the meanwhile, I'll be like, oh, yeah, like, I, I don't feel comfortable in that situation either. No, I don't. I totally. And do you think that because I have the same feeling, I, mm-hmm. I just I'm never clicky. And that is one huge cultural difference that I feel coming to the States, no matter you see it from movie or from all these um, teenagers like Chick Flicks movie that right. there's always a group and there's either guys or girls like there's always something going on between groups and that just completely intimidates me and but sometimes I wonder do you think that when we're in a group setting I I feel uncomfortable jumping in I sometimes wonder if it's because I'm speaking in English I I don't know if, I, if we were in a yeah. group of Chinese like will it be easier I don't know. I feel like, right. I mean, language is definitely one of, like, the 
barriers well potential factor that caused that but I feel like both of us have been like you know in the states for so long we're pretty fluent with both languages I don't know if that's the main factor now like maybe like that will definitely be a one like one of the major factors when we're starting like you know being in a like an English speaking environment but now nowadays I feel like I don't know mm-hmm. that kind of like that the percentage of being the main factor was like less less and less over years and I think sometimes just made me feel like it's just like too much going on that like I feel yeah like I want to have more intimate and deeper conversation than just like you know five I don't know how much like I how like much, her hat yeah like how much you can get from like a five to six people conversation you know like yeah like I just like if I don't go in deep like go to deep like a little, little bit deeper conversation then I just feel like oh well I'll just sit and listen to what you guys think like it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be I don't have to really share but yeah I think now like language is not like the main thing to cause that yeah. the, the feeling it's just mainly just me feeling like I didn't I didn't feel like sharing that much or like contributing to like small talks like yeah, I think no, that's small talks like, is bad I think that's I don't know that's a cultural thing I feel like it's a like, cultural thing right I think it's a cultural thing uh yeah. But I mean, it's nice to have a small talk and just leave. But if you're in a group situation, then like you just have to be there for like weird things, like weird conversations for like a while. I think one or two people conversation was the best. Like I feel like I learned so much from like just talking to my friends and yeah. That's really good. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Hopefully, hopefully the small talks. Well, one of my best hopes for wishes is hopefully every st- small talk you will have in the future can lead to a deep conversation. Oh yeah. Um, Thanks. that is, I, I really that. hope that could happen. That's that's the best wish I could wish upon it, like every single person because small talk skills. Um, I I I'm not. I totally get it and. Thank you so much for spending your time with us. And we do have a Chinese episode coming after this. Yeah. And hopefully the Chinese episode, we can go a little deeper. I know that language is not an issue, but we will be right. talking about a completely different set of questions and the content. And um, please go listen if you believe that your Chinese goes good enough and all, for all those um, people who want to know Zoyao better in um, Chinese context and thank you so much for spending time with me and um, I will see you in the next one thank you so much for listening we'd love for you to join in on the conversation if you haven't already please rate and review this podcast you can also connect with us on Instagram at spark underscore podcast and Facebook at the spark podcast with Megan Amy Or send us an email at hellosparkpodcast at gmail.com. And wherever you may be listening from, we hope you have the courage to be the spark.